The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Welcome again to New York Talk. This is the Rotherham United Podcast. Thank you very much for being with us uh, as we attempt to go through another defeat, um, potentially with a therapist for us all, you know, so we can all moan about it together, uh, about how bad it was against Huddersfield and dread together what it's going to be like on New Year's Day at Millwall. Yeah, I'm not convinced it'll get better, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll, but we are going to sprinkle some positivity. We're going to go through our sort of moments of the year, obviously at the end of the year now. Um, so we're going to go through best Rotherham moments. There's probably a couple we could pick from. Um, and we've got a couple of favourite podcast moments from the last 12 months, which will hopefully give us all a good chuckle. Um, Mick's with us. How are you doing, Michael? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. Thank you very much. You? Yes, I'm okay. Uh, until until we start talking about Rotherham United, I'm pretty good. <laughs> and then I start thinking about Rotherham United and then my mood just dips. Uh, Danny, how are you? <laughs> Um, I'm going to echo that, Matt, to be honest. Um, I'm not counting that as visiting the John Smith Stadium because there was no football played by us there, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, really, really bad night. on, uh, on oh, Nobody wants to play on a Thursday anyway, but we made it even worse. Uh, we'll go through that in due course. In the comments, YouTube viewers are with us. This evening, gentlemen, yes, that was bad and he fears for us. How many UK says evening chaps? No game yesterday as players forgot to turn up. Uh, S64 Miller, uh, Kim Haywood, Ariel Astro, Sean Green uh, are with us. Um, let's start with the back with the burst of positivity. We've got our favorite podcast moments of the year. We're going to start with what Danny said was his. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to play it because it's funny. And then you make what you did see if you remember the game. It was this was post match. Um, here we go. Do you want me to try the burger on camera live right now? <laughs> I do. I'm, I, I am intrigued on the, on the chicken. Right. So. Right, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is not what Mick signed up for. Not New York, Right, here we go. 
Uh, I, th- I knew this episode was going to be out there, but I'm happy it took this turn. Well, we're incredibly professional, aren't we, on this um, on this podcast? Anybody tuning in for the first time, this is not usually what happens. Um, I mean, I mean, we used to be fair. We are usually discussing a victory, a win, but um, not food. I mean, it's not bad. Um, it's Real. a bit like a um, a less crispy version of a chicken legend, um, with a bit more. Like chicken to it. What would you get um, out of 10? i give it a six, maybe out of 10. Six out of 10. I mean, I mean if Sorry. you're hungry and you're a little bit drunk like I am, it's a good, like, <laughs> stock up meal. You know what I mean? The laugh of a Yuri student who were on his placement at the time. Brilliant. One of the reasons we don't do podcasts drunk. Um, mm. Very often, uh, Mick. What game was that? Uh, that was obviously the win against the pigs. Was, was. obviously. <laughs> I listened to it. I re-listened to it, and I could have left about five minutes in, have a bit of a preamble, and a couple of minutes after. Uh, but I thought shortly down to a minute or so was uh, was good enough. Um, yeah, there we go, Danny. Doing hey, that win against Wednesday was a special day. So, try with chicken burger. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't do it anymore as well. I think um, oh, yeah. I don't know why they might have seen me and gone, "Oh no!" Um, <laughs> but yeah, that is the problem with early kickoffs, especially when it's a local derby. Because if it's an early kickoff, you've got the rest of the day to get absolutely sourced if you win. And case in point, that's what happened. Good grief! I think as well, I had a carvery in Kimmy Park as well before. Did, I that, that was in the that was in the podcast as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, any, anyway, if you can't go on a podcast drunk after beating Wednesday, when can you? True. Come in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll have another one later on. Um, let's go down to the sort of serious business of the John Smith Stadium. Two and a little defeat to Huddersfield Town. I think we're bottom of the league before the game started. Um, it's another one of those games, Mick. I think this is four games in a row. I said before we started recording, Mick, we could just copy and paste that last episode from three days ago, whatever it was. And we'd be saying pretty much the same sort of things, except this time against Huddersfield, there is not a single positive against Stoke. You could say this was a bit better, that happened, X, Y, and Z. I can't think, other than Ollie Rathbone running around quite a lot and working hard, I can't think of a single positive to come out of that performance. I like to try and be positive. I like to try and pick something if I possibly can. Um, and the only positive thing I could p- pick out of last night was final whistle. It meant I could stop watching it. Um, it, it it's awful, and and it, it's so depressing. I, I, I sat and thought about it afterwards, and I, I think about the conversations we had after some of those earlier games in the season, and the position that we put ourselves in, the position. The, the ability of the players within this squad put us in. Nothing else. And now and, and then we see three or four performances on the trot like that. It, 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 it's, it's depressing. It really is. Um, and, and hugely, hugely disappointing, I'll be honest. I, I can't... Think... I remember after we did, after the Bristol City game, I think you got your other podcast said something on the lines of, I'm not worried because after the Bristol City game, we're not going to play like that again. Yeah. And then three games in a row, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's a surprise, isn't it? Because of, I'm not saying we were we were electric before the break, 
but we were we were good at times. I know we had yeah. issues, but we were decent. We put effort in. We ran around, did some parts really, really well. It's the opposite, Danny. It, every, everything's changed. Aaron Astro says the body language of the players is completely different now. Yeah, everything's different. Uh, it shouldn't be that different, I don't think. No, I don't think it should. Um, it might be because January is lingering and, you know, a new manager and nobody's safe, this, you know, this, that and other. But it's like after Uddersfield game, there's dejected and then there was our players, you know, because I think, because who came over, there was, um, there was Cohen, Victor and Cotton Brewells came over, but they came over and they actually apologised to the fans. Mm. I saw Cohen Bremer hold his hand up in an apology and yeah, it's, it's good to get the, that sort of apology from the players because at least they know they are not playing well, but at the same time, it's like, don't come over and apologise, just play better. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it's it's just frustrating because you know I, I I have faith in Matt Taylor and what he's trying to do, but it's just frustrating to watch when it is legit turning into square pegs in round holes, hmm. in it, and it's just it's just frustrating. And I think that's what a lot of it is with with the fans. It's just pure frustration, and they just target whoever they can, whether that's going for players themselves, the, the manager who's been here three months. So I don't think it's him. Uh, or whether it's going for the board, I think it's just letting out frustration wherever we can. Um, but yeah, just just gonna say it's a huge January that's coming up now. It is huge because if that goes that goes belly up, then oh dear. Well, doesn't need to be though, does it? And this is the frustrating thing about it. It doesn't need to be a huge January. It wouldn't have to be a huge January. January if we played the way that the players are capable of playing. And, and and I have to be honest, I, I'm not going to slag off the manager, I'm not going to slag off anybody particularly, but we played it a particular way at the beginning of this season and it got us well up the league and if had we continued in that vein, we would have been comfortably top half of this division. And I, I'm In my opinion, it is only my opinion, the quality within this squad is more than good enough more than good enough for a top half finish in this league because the league is crap. It is garbage. It is. And we've played the two best teams away from home so far this season and given them a hell of a game both times. Beat Sheffield United, probably, arguably, could have beaten Burnley, probably should have had a draw out that game and deservedly so. But then we've had a break. The break's come in and we've talked about the new manager wanting to impose, having four weeks to impose his style of play on the team. We've come back and we've been dreadful. And dread, we've been dreadful, for, in my view, tactically, we've been awful. And that is the problem. It's, it's nothing to do with, I don't think, necessarily the commitment to the players. Although I would say that the players clearly, as has been mentioned in the comments there, the body language says it all. They're clearly not buying into this Um these tactics, obviously not. Uh, there were a couple of times I saw Connor Washington last night just throwing his hands up in the air because he's, he's getting no support whatsoever because we're so far, so deep at when we're out of possession. Um, it, it's just, I'm sorry, but in my view, this is, this, is, this is all about the tactics that we're employing and they are not good enough, not acceptable. That's no. my view. 
We'll come on to them. Just one thing, Danny, that's I want to take it off. Matt Tiller at the end didn't come over to the fans. Um not I I, I don't like that to be honest with you. I, I, I think that I think it should be coming over. Win, lose or draw. All the players and all the man- and the managers should be coming over and applaud the fans. The, the fans are the only ones that come out with any credit last night. Sell out on a way on a Thursday night in between Christmas and New Year. Uh, they're the only ones that come out with credit, and I and I don't like that. It may have just slipped his mind because he's frustrated, but I, I, he's got to come over for me. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm inclined to agree. Let's be fair. I mean, I saw a, an exchange on Twitter um, that Ron fan was having with an Exeter fan. And it, I think it was the same with Exeter as well. When he knows they've been poor, he just gets out of there and goes to the dressing room to either sort it out or mm. do whatever. But he did come over when we beat Sheffield United because it was a special moment. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think after a performance like that, where I think the whole of Huddersfield could have seen that how badly we played against them. Yeah. Um, and if I'm being honest, I actually wanted Taylor to come over because I was going to bellow for him to make the players walk home after that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he didn't come out and he went straight down the tunnel, um, which, yeah, like you said, could have just been pure frustration and just wanting to get in there and basically get him told. Or it might be his thing if we've not played exactly how he wants, which, if that's the case, it's each to their own. But yeah, I agree with you, Matt. You should be coming over and applauding the fans because we spend our money to go and watch them. You know, and we've got 1,800 fans uh, still more or less there after a shocking performance, you know, you still come over and at least acknowledge them. You know, mm. but yeah, I agree with you there. I, and I don't think this is, the, I don't think it's going to happen, but I remember for Alan Stubbs doing that against Barnsley was the beginning of his end. Him not acknowledging the fans and ignoring. I, I don't think Matt Taylor's going to go down that route. I have suspected more of a but I'm just pointing out that that's not, I don't think we should be doing that. Eric Astro, stronger point, disgusting. He didn't come over to the fans. Like I say, he's no more away games for him. Uh, he's absolutely good. Um, talk about tactics, Mick, because we've talked about it being passing. He, want, he wants to keep uh, keep possession a little bit more. If you watched that game last night, you couldn't tell what the plan was. There was no discernible plan. We, we weren't very good at the ball. We, we, we didn't really move the ball from left to right at any time well. We didn't defend solidly. We, we obviously don't press that. We don't do that anymore. That's, that's, the, that's the thing. I don't really get what the plan was against Huddersfield. I could see it against Stoke. I could see parts of what we're trying to do. It just looked like a mishmash of nothing, to be honest with you. I, I, I didn't get it. No, I mean, there were a few periods where we kept the ball quite well, particularly in the first five or ten minutes. We did keep it quite well. But there's no real there's no real forward momentum. Mm. Um had we, had, had we had some of that, then that might have been it, might have made it a different game. But um, the issues for me are more when we're out of position, we're just dropping deeper and deeper and deeper and, and just so passive. The issue with it is, in my view, football's all about momentum, you know, and, and by by drop by, by we, we spent the first five or ten minutes having some good bits of possession, knocking ball about well, getting it down channels or getting it out wide. But then, as soon as we lose the ball, we're sitting back and we're handing the momentum to the opposition. And 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 at this level, no matter whether they're bottom of the league or otherwise, if you hand the momentum to a team, you're straight away on the back foot. Mm. And if you are lucky enough to get the get the ball back, you've then got to build it again. So you, 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 the game just 
the game just gets suffocated. The way we were playing previously with the very same players, it, it, we were pressing high with high energy. As soon as you get the ball back, you've already got the momentum because of the way that you're pushing forward. You can still play the possession-based football when you've got the ball. It's out of possession that's the issue for me. It's just... It's awful. The the, the first goal, I, I can't... I mean, I, Dan Barlasser, Jamie McCart, I don't know how much space they wanted to give him. It, it was ridiculous. They know what, they're, they're not within... If their arms had been to double the length they wanted to be in touching distance of him. You know what I mean? It's not good enough. This is championship football. And that, for me, is under-13s, under-12s defending. Allowing players to come at you, allowing players to allowing teams the momentum to push to push you back to the edge of your 18-yard box and then not get in their faces, not get tight to them. Allowing them the space to get a cross in, to get a shot in. I, I find it, it blows my mind. It absolutely blows my mind. That that part of it, allowing them to get into that position, is a tactical issue. That's a managerial issue. Whatever it is that they're trying to teach these players to do or, or the way that they're trying to teach them to get them to play, that causes that problem. And then it caught that and what that then appears to have done, appears to have sapped all the confidence and footballing knowledge out of the players out, from a defensive point of view. Because we're not getting tight to players, we're allowing them space at edge of box. It's incredible. It's re- really is. It's, it's, it's incredible that we can go from where we were at the beginning of this season. And I know people said there's somebody mentioned in the comments the street results. They weren't freak results because we were doing it game after game. <clears throat> yeah, we lost a few, but we were far more. We were in every single game. We're not in any of these games since the international break. We have not been in the game. Even though we weren't, up, we were up in the lead twice against Stoke. We were never really in the game. No, no, because um, they were bad. If they were okay, if they had a striker like I don't, I don't rate John Rhodes anymore. But if they had Jordan Rhodes, Stoke could have won because he could put one back in there. Let's be fair. That Stoke game is a bit of an anomaly in this this particular run because Stoke weren't in game either. You know what I mean? <laughs> there were nobody in that game. Um, and, and, the, and the point I would, the, the only other point. I'm sorry, I'm arguing it, but. We are, the only reason that Huddersfield got into the game yesterday is because we said, come on, welcome in. Come on in, you come. We let them in it. Because they were absolutely dire for that first 10 minutes. They were dreadful. But so then they ended up being a better team. Because, they, because we, yeah. we, we, we basically handed them a, a barrel full of confidence and said, hey, lads, off you go. Mm. Yeah. Just, I, I can't, I can't, I don't understand. I don't understand why this has happened. I genuinely don't, and and we can all speculate, can't we? But it's just it's terrible. Mm. Um, YouTuber says Mick, correct, well done. Glove Action says agree with Mick. We don't get in their faces enough when we're defending and off the ball attacking players. Don't make enough support runs or even uh, support each other in general. And by UK says warning that Mick rant on went on for a bit. Mick rant. Mark Gamble says the style of play is inexcusable. On the style of play, Danny, and this is a thing with certain clubs have certain ways of playing. You've got a Bournemouth, Bournemouth are a football playing team. That's what they do. If you go to Stoke, historically, they've been a long ball time, much more direct. 
every good Rotherham United team I've ever seen has had players that have just run themselves into the ground. You, you have the odd quality player in there. You, you look at Steve Evans, you've got Carrie Arneson, who was not hard worker, but an exceptional player. There's examples in every other good team. But we run, we work hard. You, you work for your man, you work for the fans, you work for the manager. That's the opposite of what we're seeing. Like it's, it's so passive. And again, that might be fine for other clubs in, the, in terms of how they're, what their fans want. That's not what we want here. We want you to we want you to run around and work hard and add a bit of quality in there, and that's that's tough for us to take to watch that. And that's that's another reason why it's tough to take because it's not what we it's not what we're used to. It's not what we see from the, our best teams we've ever had. Yeah, and I think the players that really do try and run themselves into the ground more or less every game is probably Washington Rathburn. Um, but for me. Ollie Rathbun is quintessentially Rotherham United because the amount of passion that he has, even in mm. games against Huddersfield, he's brilliant. I think he was the only one who actually had his mind on the game and trying to get the best out of the game, both in a refereeing point of view and just as a team as well. Same with Wash. Wash was making loads and loads of, 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 of runs through the bank, which no one was picking him up. You know, And yeah, that comes down to a tactical thing as well. It does seem to be... The slow build up and trying to bring the ball forward, but then when we get to opposition's 18 yard box, we don't know what to do. We don't know whether to shoot or keep passing it. And we saw that against Huddersfield. We, we got to uh, their 18 yard box, and I think everyone was just going, just have a go, you know, one nil down, just have a go. And we just played it round the 18 yard box and didn't create anything really. Um, and then we lose possession, and then we either get caught out with the ball over the top, which I believe is how. Um, Dwayne Holmes found himself in so much space for their first oh, McCart, goal. McCart, that and all. McCart's yeah. too tight. Yeah. Um, or we try, still try and do the slow build up, but then lose possession. Like, not because I, I love Dan Barlas, so don't get me wrong, but bloody hell, he needs to work on his short passing a little bit because he's mm. losing possession it, far too. Yeah, he's, he's far too off it. And, but again, the, the players are making the runs, but then no one's picking him up anyway. And then we just fail with the short pass, turnover of possession. And then it's getting to the point now where it's just like the fans and the players seem terrified to concede first because, let's face it, if we concede first, we're going to lose, aren't we, lads? That tends to be the, that tends to be the thing. I even said at Aldersfield when they scored first, that's it, game's done, we're not going to win that. And yeah, sure enough, that's what happened. And both teams weren't good. You know, neither, neither team had, had much quality there. It's just that Huddersfield actually had shots on target. Um, I mean, Lindsay missed an absolute sitter. That could have brought it back to 2-1 and potentially given us a bit of confidence. But at the same time, it also summed up where we are. We've got to send into them positions and then it just goes out the window. And that's exactly what happened with Lindsay's shot. And it is, it, it's pure, pure frustration just to watch. That's all it is. And, and I know being a Rotherham fan is pure frustration summed up. You know, you look up frustration in the dictionary and there's a Rotherham United badge there. <laughs> but at the same time, now that we've had this run, and like, like, like you said, Mick, we can take the Stoke game as, as the outlier in this um, in this data chart. But it's just been bad, and it, lads? And we, it, it is a shame to say, because I just want the team to do well. Of course we do. But it's just like... Where do you tweak? I think there's too many things that have been tweaked, but now can't tweak back. If that makes sense, and it's yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know where to start picking this apart. It was just bad, and that's it. 
you know, we played better when we went to a three at the front. I think anyway. Yeah, we, went we, to, we played a front three and we got marginally better. So uh, was that because Huddersfield just weren't expecting it and it just exactly curveball? Exactly. That's the thing. Is it that or is it because that could be our system? We don't know. But but at least at least we tweaked it a bit and even if it the, the advantage was sly, we still got a little bit of something out of it. Hmm. We, we yeah, did look we did look a bit stronger when we went to four at back. There's no doubt about that, mm. and, and, which is weird because when we went to four at back last time against Hull, we looked it, it were a disaster. Well, yeah, yeah, it was an absolute disaster. But but this time it it, it it seemed to it seemed to strengthen us a little bit. However, that may have been the whole uh, the other school of technology the, the foot off at gas. I don't know. Uh, mm. Having said that, they never really had the foot on gas, did they? They, they looked at it a few times, but they never really pressed it, did they? they didn't need to. Yeah, what well, um, I mean, they're clearly not capable of pressing it either, are they? Otherwise, they won't be bottom at league. To anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Adrak says, I think this is a little dig at Matt Taylor's comments. He says that uh, Matt Taylor said that yesterday the belief wasn't there. Some of the players are really low physically as well as mentally. He then points out that they've had a month break. Um, what, um what's up? Nobody loves them anymore. They're supposed to be professionals. Yeah, yeah I'm not having that. Which bit? No. No, no. I mean that, that 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 that's precisely the manager's job. That 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 that's what Matt Taylor said yesterday about about yeah, being low. It's his yeah. job. Yeah, so, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the the it, it, it's the, the manager's going to be the leader. He's got to lead, you know, uh, and he's got to make sure that they're in the right frame of mind and put them. That that's yeah. All right. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> um, it's a bit. It's a bit of a poor comment that, and and, and to be fair. From Matt Taylor, you mean? Yeah, and I feel yeah. I feel like I'm slagging him off a lot here, and 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 I genuinely I am not being trying to be personal in any way, shape, or form. I don't have an opinion about 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 him as a manager yet because he's not been here for long enough. I'm talking purely about the the, the, the way that we're performing, um, but that that's a cop out. That is a cop out, and that's for me not the sign of a good leader. If 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 you're putting the responsibility there onto the players, because it's your role as manager, as leader of that 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 squad, that group, to ensure that they're in the right place, mm. and you shouldn't be playing them if they're not. No, Paul Armin says it sounds like Matt Taylor's tried to fix something that wasn't broken. Surely you keep the same style of manager style of football the previous manager played, get the points, stay up, and introduce your new style. Yeah. That's the thing, Danny. Yeah. We all know what Matt Taylor's trying to do. And I think in the long run, I think it's a progression. I, I do think that's the way forward for the football club to, tweak, to change the system so you try to be a bit more technically better players, technically better on the ball, X, Y, and Z. You need to bring your own players in to do that. Or you need to have a set of players that can do that. And you need time. Three weeks with two of them in Cyprus is not enough time to implement such a drastic change. He talked when he came about tweaks. We're not talking about tweaks anymore, are we? We're talking about what feels like a full-scale change in terms of mentality and in terms of the way we're trying to not only play ourselves, but how we're trying to impact the opposition. It's too much too soon, I think. And I, I, the, the break may have hurt us. Maybe Matt Taylor can't coach that side, but maybe you know, previous manager was so good at that intense side of the game and being emotionally involved. Maybe that's just not Matt Taylor. Maybe he can't coaching that way, which was not a dig because he can coach in different ways. Uh, but then that's a question 
of appointing him in the first place, such a drastic change in style. It's mm. it's difficult it, to take apart, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely uh, one for the psychologists, monsters, <laughs> that one, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I mean, looking back, like we said, yeah, it's a transitional period, and Matt Taylor did say he's not going to uproot everything, and to begin with, he didn't. Mm. And he did use those that little break to try and instill his own way of thinking and his own tactics and everything into it. But like you said, because the way he wants to play, in hindsight, probably doesn't have the players to do that. I can understand people saying you play the old manager's system and just to get the points on the board and stay up and then build again. But at the same time, if you've been brought in just to play the old manager's way with the team that he's got, you know, when when do you start putting in your own thing? When do you put your own stamp on it, if not straight away? Um, and it all comes back to January. But I agree with you, Mick. It shouldn't have to come down to a, the transfer window that's halfway through a season. But with January, it is again going to be big because Matt Taylor now has the chance to at least get in some players that he can play his system with. And then... If, if, and then try and get the best out of the way he wants to play with the players we've got. It shouldn't have to be like that, but that they're the cards that we've got on the table at the minute. And again, it just bubbles back to the whole frustrating thing. It is frustrating because we want to like the guy and he's a good manager, mm. but it's just frustrating that we've gone from playing really well to effectively owning the moniker of Timpot because that's how we're playing right now. Unless yeah. unless Man City or PSG are looking to offload the whole of their squad for free in January, yeah. and he's not going to get the players to play possession football effectively mm-hmm. because they don't exist. It, it feels to me a little bit like a David Artel at Crew situation coming up here, where we are going to play out our goal kicks from the back no matter how many times we give away a goal or a corner, because that's the way we play. That's the way football should be played. Pep's done it, uh, you know, uh, he's done it to Barcelona, he's done it at Man City, that's how it should be played. That's not right. And that's only part of the way that those teams have played their football. You look at the Barcelona team, their press was one of the best presses there's ever been. Any of those teams... That that uh, that uh, are renowned for that kind of football, the key part of their game is the press. It's absolutely essential because you can play as much football as you like, but if you haven't got ball, you can't play any. You know what I mean? Just I don't know. I don't know. It, it it's the new way in it. It's the modern way. The modern cultures want to play them. They want to play football. They want to play the ball on the ground. They want to they want to play with possession. You know. And, and 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 knock it about and then play some nice football. It's great and it's fantastic to watch when it works. But we've said it year after year after year for the last 10, 12 years. Clubs, teams come down to New York Stadium, they try and play the ball about across the back, across the back, across the back, and then they're just not effective at it. And as soon as you put those teams under pressure, whoever they are, Burnley over the top of the league, had a problem with it. Sheffield United, who are second in the league, had a problem with it. And, and other teams throughout the division had a problem with it. All League One had an issue with it because they couldn't deal with it. They couldn't deal because the players are not good enough. And our players aren't good enough. It, it, I don't know. I'm sorry. It's just... It, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. And, and the, key, the, the key to this now is whether Matt Taylor and his team identify... 
that there's a problem. I mean, we can all see that there's a problem, but that's that's one thing. It's whether they identify that there is a problem, and and if they do, what they're going to do about it because mm. it's not working. It's so, not even close, is it? No, it's not even close. We've got a moment of positivity. Uh, well, we look back at another moment of the podcast here, and then we've got. I like sprinkling this in because it's then we're, we're getting nothing but negativity, and we're not having a thing. This is just where we are. Um, so it's, it's, got, like, it's like having a little teaspoon of Oromorph just to get us through this podcast, yeah. all these little happy moments. <laughs> uh, this one was my mixed pick for the podcast, and this may well be one of the best moments in the podcast we've ever had. So <laughs> it was hilarious. Uh, again, see if you can pick the game. Uh, which which this was a review of. Uh, just in, here you go. Hello, hello, welcome to New York Talk, the Rotherham United podcast. You may be wondering why uh, I'm doing the intro. You will find out very very shortly. Won't we, Matthew? We'll find out pretty quickly. I think. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's it's like doing a podcast with Scooby Doo. There's been a little bit of an issue with one or two voices um, on here. I thought mine was pretty bad, to be honest, but uh, it would appear that Matthew was, um, well, <laughs> may well have used his voice box at some stage, and I don't even know when that could have possibly been. Who knows when that could have happened? Who knows? <laughs> anyway, over to you, man. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Lanning. Thanks for the intro. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, so sorry about this. I've tried everything, and this is what this is the best we're going to get today. I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've tried cough sweets. I've tried ice cream. I've tried hot water, cold water. This is it. This is what we've got, everybody. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that was um, oh, <laughs> post match of the of the Papa John's Trophy final. Um, yeah, it took me about 10 days for my voice to come back after Aussie 2 2. So, thank you very much, Jordi. He was off swanning off in Germany doing quite well. <laughs> <sighs> I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, right. that, that's cheered me up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> that's enough positivity. Let's move on. Um, David Curran says, Thanks for missing the point massively. How can Taylor improve the side where the chairman is not willing to spend any money? Nick's banging and banging on about Matt Taylor, it's not even his team. The big team players are not performing. Tony needs to sell the club. Now, this is a question and point that's been raised vociferously, if that's the right word, Danny, on social media. Um, for me, we can all talk about Tony Stewart, what he's done for the club. We can all talk about that. Obviously, what's important is the here and now. That's obviously the most important. Uh, Matt Taylor hasn't had a transfer window. This is how I see it. Matt Taylor hasn't had a transfer window. So we don't know how far Tony Stewart is willing to back Matt Taylor. We can all assume that he is going to back him. And that's a fair assumption because in the past, though, it's, there has been a lack of investment at this level. But at this stage, we don't know. So with four days away, you know, two days away, as we're, as we're recording, away from the January transfer window. So if we're saying that we need to wait and hopefully Matt Taylor gets backed, well, let's have this conversation again in February because we need to wait for, that, for those conversations to happen for those players to leave, potentially leave, potentially to come in. That for me, that's a conversation for in a month's time. Uh, where do you sit on that? Um, it's funny actually because me and Dave had a, a conversation about this at Huddersfield as well, and um, 
the, the <laughs> I, I, won't, I won't say exactly what we've said because obviously it's a conversation with me and David, but it was very much echoed on Twitter with someone's breaking down of it, which is if Tony wants to reap the rewards of the championship, as I'm sure any chairman wants to in a club where they wants to make money, you still have to spend your money to make your money in this division because unfortunately that's how it works. Um, someone I can't remember the name of the Twitter account, so I am sorry, but he said something about hypothetically if he invested two million into the squad through whatever means in January, and then it makes us stay up, um, which he probably will if we get everything correct. Then you're still getting eight, uh, seven or eight million just for being in this uh, this division. But if he spends nothing, and as it stands right now, we keep plummeting down and then go down, and you get nothing, you know, and then you have to rebuild again anyway. Um, so I think it would actually be in Tony's best interest to invest. If he does, that's a completely different story. Um, he might look at cashing in on some players to get that extra boost in money, but then again, it leaves you another man or two or three short. Uh, so then you have to bring even more in. And yeah, I agree. I think it is time for Tony to look at the January window and go, right, this is our chance to now stay up. We need to put the money in. Um, but you say that, Danny, when's the last time we spent a lot of money in a January window? You know, it's not going to be loans, in it? I can see it happening, it's just going to be loans. Um, we didn't really have a good... I think the one, the last good January transfer window we had is when we brought in Matt Crooks. I think he was a January signing, wasn't he? To be fair, the last time in the Championship, we brought in Ryan Giles and Lewis Wing, and both had big impacts in that season. Yeah, we, yeah. yeah I know we went down, but they were big players in that last... So, from that point, that was that was a good. I mean, you could count George Kelly. I mean, he played one game last season, so I suppose <laughs> that we can't count that. But yeah, true. But yeah, like you say, in the championship, in Ryan Giles and Lewis Wing. Yeah, fair enough. Good point. They did have good impacts, and Ryan Giles has certainly gone on to uh, to bigger yeah. and better things. But at the same time, um, we're looking at this going. Yeah, that's two players when really we could have done with three or four. You know, so that that's that's swings in the roundabouts of the whole January thing. But yeah, in my head anyway, it makes sense for Tony to go right. Let's spend the money and try and stay up because it bigger rewards further down the line. But at the same time, knowing how the man thinks, it's a bit. He's not really going to splash out on a big player, is he? And secondly, will any big players want to come to Rotherham for the wages that we offer? The wages, wages, all this issue. The, the, the issue is that the counterpoint for that is, and is if you spend two million quid, let's just lose it a round number because it's a good round number. If we spend two million quid and still go down, we're not going to be, not necessarily going to be in a position to be strong enough to come back straight away. And that, again, I don't know if that's the thinking of the club. I don't know if they just don't want to spend the money or whether they're thinking about well, we've got to make sure just in case we go down, we're still in a situation. I don't know. I I'm more to that. I've to be honest, I, I agree, Danny. I think that you've got you've got to what's the, accumulate, speculate to accumulate something like that. Um, but then again, Mick, loans aren't free. So if we are going to bring in, we've now got space. If Brooknot Coffee stays, we'll have space for four loans. Uh, obviously, five if Brooknot Coffee goes. Apparently, we're only in the, in the market for loans. But if you can nail four loans or th- even three good loans, that that'll do us. I think we're getting away from the fact that we've got a good set of players. We've got some good players here. We've not got, you know, a group of national league players. No, they were they were the second best team in the division last in in League One last year. And obviously, they got promoted, and for a quarter of this season, 
were comfortably well, the relegation zone. I don't care whether they were eighth. I'm bothered about relegation zone. We were comfortably better than the bottom three in the division. So we're not a million miles off. But we do need something. We need we need fresh, you know, we need bodies because we've got about eight people left, I think. Yeah, I mean that that squad depth is obviously a massive issue now, particularly now with all the injuries that we've we've managed to acquire over the last few weeks. Um which is which is an issue. Um I don't I've not seen any any complaining about the fitness training causing all these issues all of a sudden. That seems to have gone out of window. Um, but uh, you know, there you go. I, I, I don't know. I don't. I, I, I don't know what the answer is. Um, and, and and for me, it, it, it's more glaringly obvious that it's about what the way that we're playing than the players that we've got. Because we've it's it's you know we, we we've seen the two polar opposites of of the 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 these the, this very same teams. Performances, haven't we this season? Mm. You know, we've seen the, the the early part of the season, and 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 these last few games, which that they're, they're poles and poles apart. It's the same players. It's the same players. It can only, the only difference can be what they're being asked to do. Do they not believe in what they're being asked to do? Or are they not capable of 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 doing what they're being asked to do? What is what they're being asked to do just not working anyway? I, I don't know what it is, but the players are capable. The players that we've got are capable. We just haven't got enough of them. Mm. I know people don't agree with me, and and I get that. But like somebody like Dave Scriven said, it's about opinions, isn't it? You know what I mean? Um, and my opinion is that the squad of players that we've got are good enough. There's just not enough of them. However, the way that they're playing is quite clearly not good enough. And, and, and it's, it's about as a management team investigating the reasons why they're not performing to the level that they're, they're, they're more than capable of performing at. Yeah, it, it is. It's tough. We don't know. It's not. It's not our money that we're spending for a start. Um, I, people have mentioned about. Um, I also put a few things in the comments about Tony Stewart at the start of the season, suggesting the budget will be higher. We know some of the targets we went for in, in August and we know the one that went to Wigan that we were reportedly offering crazy wages to keep Ashley Flesher here. And from the reports that I've heard, it was Paul Warren that put a stop to it and Tony Stewart was willing to go higher. So Tony Stewart was willing to go higher, but it was stopped. Damn it, that's a pound. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, was, it was the manager at the time who stopped that money being spent because he didn't think it essentially didn't think it was worth it, which is fine. I, I, I probably agree with that way it's turned out. We actually Fletcher to be honest with you. We look at the money that he was trying to throw at Michael Smith. So I don't think we should be saying he had he hasn't thrown any money, Danny. I, th I think it's a bit unfair to say he hasn't thrown any money and he hasn't increased the budget. He clearly has. We've we've attracted Cameron Humphreys couple of the players, a couple of signs. Tommy's is on championship wages. Not massive, but he's on championship wages. So there has been an increase in the budget. Maybe not as much as we'd all like. Um, we, we'd all like two million quid extra. We'd all like five million quid extra. But we don't know, I suppose, is the point. It's, it's, it is difficult for us to judge and say he should have spent more or he spent enough because we just don't know. No, we don't. We're not going to be messaging the clubs going now nah, then can we have a look at your finance book please yeah. 
How much um, exactly is each player? Yeah, week? And, no. and yeah, how much of the pie is going to Asia? So we want to, <laughs> we want to see the charts. Uh, but no, we're not we're not going to get that. But yeah, like you said, there is obviously a little bit of an increase with the uh, with the money going to wages. Like we have got Cameron Humphries and uh, obviously Jamie Lindsay's on a new contract as well. Mm. Um, we don't know how much the players are being offered as an increase to their contracts at the minute. Uh, but we have heard rumblings that one of them has signed, which if social media is to be believed, but pinch your salt with that as you take it, um, it's probably Wes Harding who has agreed to sign on again. Um, but just going back to the players we were looking at, and like you say, with Ashley Fletcher and offering crazy money, and it was uh, the previous manager that said no, uh, we had other players like that who have had a lot of depth in championship experience in Robert Snodgrass, who we were effectively mm-hmm. ready to sign on with. But again, previous manager said no, and he's ended up at Hearts, yes. I think it is. And obviously Hearts offer a fair whack of a wage, don't they? Um, they, were, they were in Europe, so they, they will have been able to offer a reasonable. Yeah, so 16k, maybe, at Hearts. Um, so obviously there is the willingness to do it, uh, to put that little bit of money in, but it's just it, it needs to start coming off now. Mm. And yeah, in January, perfect chance, you know, for that little bit more, might prove fruitful sort of thing. But we talk about investment and such. And again, we take this, I've took this from social media, so a pinch of salt because, you know, it's not written written law on social media these days. But there was investment that wanted to come in uh, during the summer. And I think mm. there was a, an American consortium or something that wanted to put money in as well as a Swedish one. So that, that might have been Victor's dad. That's biased. It might have been. <laughs> it might have been. He's, he's secretly a billionaire in Sweden. Um, they didn't realise yeah, again. He decided not to bother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, that's, so that's why he's offered to pay for me flights out to Sweden. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was interest there in terms of what you what I've seen on social media. And Tony's the one who said no because he wanted the full control of the club, which as chairman is well within his right to do. You know, fair enough. But we are starting to see the little avenues of how more money could come in. But it's just we need to have the application that's correct and sorts it out and if we are willing to pay the big money that's the next risk shall we say mm. that we need to take forward and actually offer that player a bit more money rather than trying to squeeze it down as much as you can but again that's the risk that you have to take but yeah like you say Matt we'd all love to have an extra two to five million investment wouldn't we because we might actually be comfortable then and not stressing <laughs> <laughs> you, are, you are aware that if somebody invests five million pounds, for example, into Rotherham United, they expect to take more out of it. Yeah, if they invest in the invest five, they'll want at least fifteen out, won't they? Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, so this this investment thing, people look at it. It appears to me that people look at it as if it's like somebody coming along and here, here's five million quid. Hey, I get I get a director after my name or something, and that's it, never to be seen again. No. You know, if somebody goes to a few and far between, they're going to want to take money out of it. That's the whole point. Otherwise, it's not an investment, it's a gift. Exactly. So, here's the thing, though, it could be worse. We could be Rochdale, where they are asking people to put money into the club. Yeah. You can Mate. also Crawley. Look at the look at the absolute yeah. chaos that's happened at Crawley by these American again, an American investment company that had changed minds after thirty two days, and their their owner is on the bench tonight 
as an assistant to the coach. This isn't Darren Byfield actually. Their owner is an assistant to the to the to the caretaker manager. So as much as we all people of talented painters like Tony Stewart off and Paul Douglas and Matt Taylor and everybody else. And I'm not going to sit here and say if people don't like it when we mention the past, that's fine. We'll not mention what's happened in the past. Let's look at other clubs currently that have been bought over by foreign owners, particularly American owners, where it's all gone belly up. Crawley is, 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 is a key one. They thought they were whether one of the richest clubs in the world or something like that when they were bought by these NFT clowns. And the state they're in now, the absolute state they're in, you've got to be careful. And it, and I, I mean, you've got to give trust to the people that run the club that they are doing it in the best interest. You can see they're not spending enough. I can't believe that Tony Stewart doesn't have the best interests of the club at heart. You can argue with the way he's going about it. You can argue that he's not doing it right or he's saying the wrong things, but he's I never think going to... Tony Stewart's got the best interests of Rother United Football Club Limited at heart. Yeah. The business of Rotherham United. That's where his interests lie. And and that's 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 where he's different to many, many other football club owners. And that's why we're as stable as we are. So yeah, he's not he's not a multi multi millionaire who's going to keep shipping money in for no return. Why would he? You know, I'd love him to do that, but I, I'm the same as a lot of other Rotherham United fans all moan like hell because they put twenty p on price of a pie or a pint. You know what I mean? They're not willing to pay an extra twenty p into the club, let alone however many million. That's normal. You know, what I mean, I'm not. I'm, that's not a criticism of anybody. Uh, but he's, he's willing to keep the club afloat as a as a going concern. Apparently, UK's returns um, for investments could come in all shapes and sizes. Making investment could come in with the condition of building a pub or a hotel next to the ground. That's, that's certainly yeah, yeah. You're, yeah, you're taking Rotherham Borough Council out of that out of equation, <laughs> there, aren't you? you know I mean? True. So you're going to, um, you're going to have to line a few pockets in there before you're going to get anything out of them. I reckon one of these investors will actually travel lodge and because they couldn't use the guest and crown facility, that's why they're now getting one in town rather than on the stadium site. Uh, yeah. Thinking caps. Well, <laughs> tin, tinfoil hats more like, but, you know. Uh, Smashhead Stream School uh, sorry, says, Tony Stewart has the best interest of the business as any other business owner. Yeah, of course, of course. But, but that's key. Built it from being a dead club. So I think he's more, yeah. more invested in it because of where he's taken it. Again, I assume I don't know. I've not spoken to Tony Stewart, so we're all making assumptions. Um, Let's Taylor, get him on and have a chat with him. That'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> if Tony wants to come on, he's always welcome to come on. Um, Absolutely. Chris Page says that Rex Rex Moners, as we know, thought it was the two, two to three promotions into the championship. Yeah, you've got to be careful what you wish for. This this is a key thing with football. It's all right saying he has you know a bag full of cash. What's attached to a bag? You know, what I mean, you've got to be you've got to be careful and. I, and that sounds like I'm being overly cautious, that I don't want anything to ever change. I would love for there to be fresh investment and for somebody to come into this club and rejuvenate the training ground, make that state of the art, you know, make sort you know, get sort of guest and crimes that plough loads of money into that to make there's you know cinema or, or hotel or whatever next to the ground to make it, you know, a beacon for the town. I'm not convinced that's realistic. It's where I'm sitting. Um, but I may be wrong. I don't know. Go on, Danny, you're gonna say something. Yeah, um, just to close, this is obviously going to happen at the end of the episode, lads, but I do have a funny story to do with um, Chris Page's comment about Wrexham, but I'll save that for the end of the podcast, just so I'll give you a little heads up, a you tease on that you one. You'll have to remind me. <laughs> yeah. um, 
I, what I like is the discussion, I suppose, Nick, the discussion on social media. So there's some over the far, Tony's, you know, terrible. There's others which are Tony's the saviour. I feel this is somewhere in the middle, to be honest with you. Which is not yeah. really a surprise. I think as a podcast, we should, we should be, be able to move up and down the scale. Um, but it, it's good that, I suppose, it's is it good that we're getting this promotion? It's the results on the pitch that are causing this conversation, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, they are. If we win, if we won, if we won to our last four, we wouldn't have this conversation, would we? Well, I don't know. I think we probably we may be. You know, if we scraped, if we managed to 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 clear that corner against Stoke, I think we'd probably still be having this conversation. You know, if we got tighter for for both those goals last night, it were an out of piece draw. I think we'd still be having these conversations because the drop off in performances has been so drastic since the World Cup. It's 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 been literally off a well, it's been almost off a cliff. You know, um, and 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 it it, it 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 for me as supporters, and we don't deserve an explanation. We don't, but it'd be nice to get an explanation as to as to to, to why why this has happened. Um, but and maybe it's a question that, that that Matt Taylor and his team don't know the answer to yet. Uh, I assume because if they did know the answer, they'd, they'd hopefully they'd be doing something about it. Um. I don't know. I don't know where we go from here, to be honest with you. Um, and, and obviously, we, we move on to, to, to Millwall on New Year's Day with about four fit players. I'm, I'm, I'm decided I'm not bother, going to bother having a drink on New Year's Eve and polish my boots just in case. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go through a few yeah, more comments. I'll have a couple, but I should be all right. Yeah. <laughs> go through a few more comments, Scott. We've got loads that we've missed. Uh, Power UK says it was garbage yesterday. Loves Chio. Uh, but Cheer yesterday was abysmal. My carpet moved more than him. Uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a fantastic comment, can I just say? That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, Sean Green says, putting it politely, it was poor. Putting it less politely, it was abysmal. I can think of a different, less polite word that I was saying on Thursday night, much with uh, everybody else. Uh, Gaza says he thinks we appointed the wrong manager for the job. Unfortunately, we are in a relegation battle. Yeah, possibly. Chris Page says, has the backroom staff hit, hit more than the, uh, the previous manager leaving? We had a good bunch here. Maybe it's a coaching issue. Players are getting used to the new coachings. The coaches are getting our ideas across and things like that. That's an interesting point. There's yeah. no possibility about being in a relegation battle, Matt. If, if, if these performances continue, we won't even be in a battle. We'll just be in relegation. Oh, yeah. Well, we're already in a battle. It, it, it is that simple. The key yeah. word's battle, though, isn't it? And that's the key word. Yeah, it is. It it's is a battle. Treat it like one. Um, the, le- the level of the is- And I know that it's, a lot of this blame, blame lies in the players' door, Danny. But these players, I've, I've seen what these players have given for us. Most of them, you know, there's some new recruits. But I've seen what some of these players have given to the football club. So I can't just assume that they've suddenly decided, nah, I can't bother anymore. This club, sodom. It, for me, I give you a minute, it must be something tactically rather than the players are now just suddenly not bothered because we know that they are. Yeah, um, I mean, just going back to with the Dan Barlas thing, I mean, we know how much Barlas is invested in this club because, let's face it, he actually does really like it here, even though mm. he's destined for bigger and better things. Uh, I just think a few pl- it's going to be a lot of things that have stacked on top of each other. There's there's never one root cause to something changing like this. It's a lot of different issues that have actually worked together or against you. Uh, so it could be just players are, are out of form. They could have had a bit of a heavy Christmas dinner. That's a joke, by the way. I know that's not the case. 
Um, it's so it's all things like it could be tactically, and then players are out of form, and then even though they're coming back into form, the tactics aren't suiting their their style or ability or, or whatever this that and other. Um, so I I really don't think it's a case of players downing tools because really psychologically we don't have the sort of players that would down tools. They're the ones that went in in the, in the summer, and one of them's gone to Ipswich. Um, so we don't really have that ethos in the players because you know they're all mates and they're mucking together, and even with the new recruits, they're mucking in because everybody else mucks in together. Um, so I do, I do think it's just things that have like come together and worked against us, and it could be just uh, tactics adjusting to new coaching staff, um, adjusting to new coaching styles, which is another big one. Um, and then trying to play a different style of football and then plays out of form because we always have a dip around this time and it usually gets the worst in February. Um, so we'll have to wait and see with that one. But yeah, like I say, Matt, I agree. I don't think it's players down in tools at all. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Millwall, Nick. Nothing's going to change because he ain't got time to change it. Even if, even if Matt Taylor decided last night, right, solve this, we're going to go back, right, we're going to press from minute one. You haven't got time to implement that. So we're, I can't see how much different Sunday's going to be. Do you, do you disagree? I, I don't know. I mean, Millwall's home form's not not that good, to be fair, but then neither were Huddersfield, so that 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 probably is irrelevant. Um, I, I, yeah, you've just got a bit... You've got a living hope, haven't you, that, that, that something changes, something clicks, either, either you know, with the team, with the players, with the manager, whatever... Um, I, I, I'm sure that the, the manager and his team are more than capable of keeping us in this division. I'm sure they are. It's, the, the, the issue is, and I talked about it earlier on, it's about momentum, isn't it? Mm. You know, and, and, and not only within the game they've got momentum, but within the season. And, and we, we're now on a, a real sort of that's quite a steep, a very steep downward trajectory at the moment in terms of levels of performance. And it's going to take some turning around. And I don't think, like you say, I, I just can't see that they're going to be able to turn it around in a day or two days, whatever, you know, the, the, the gap between the two the, the games. So I don't hold a great deal of hope out for it, I'll be honest, on Saturday, Sunday, whenever it is. Um, it's, it's, it's a worry. And, 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 and couple that with, with the injuries from yesterday, key players. In Colin Bramall, we've got a replacement in in, uh, in Shane Ferguson, so that's not a massive issue potentially. Uh, Chio Benny, well, I don't know who we're going to play up front. We've got Eves, Eves out, Ogbeni out, Kelly out. We haven't got another, we haven't got another front player, have we? I can play up top. I've got a shirt. I've been on school. <laughs> yeah, thanks for I your assistance, Logs. That's uh, that's really helpful. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give that a ring now and ask him. Right. Um, just Mick, I've, I've, I, don't, I don't like correcting you, but the Millwall have the fourth best home form in the division. Well, yeah, they, they, they may have. Sure, everybody, happy New Year. Uh. At, at this point now, we're all just going on a jolly down to Millwall just to be on the coaches, aren't we? It's just going to be a giggle on there. Like we'll just go, oh, we we have to put up with two hours of football, but we get there six hours worth of drinking. Right, same. <laughs> That's New Year's yeah. Day sort, isn't it? The, the bad thing about New Year's Day. Is having to go and watch the football for two hours. That's that's what it is. Um, we have two week break from the league after Saturday, Sunday. So from that point of view, it's almost get through this game. Maybe getting a couple of players, get two full weeks with the players. You've always got the FA Cup in between, which we want to win, um, which we'll inevitably lose because we're always doing the FA Cup. But it gives another 
break. And I think the worst thing we could do is keep playing, I think. We just need a break. Um, yeah. Possibly. Um, ref watch, I haven't, done, I haven't done a screen grab, but it is the one and only Mr. Gavin Ward. Oh, yeah. my God. Um, now you say that, what is it, six wins in a row? Uh, six wins out of the last five or something like that for Gavin Ward for, for, for us? Our six out of five. I'll tell for that, mate. This one? Six wins out of five. I'll have six a bit of that. Six, six wins or five. Oh, yeah. Six, yeah, yeah, something like that. I'll find yeah. out. Um, he did referee the QPR game against... Go on. Uh, midweek. Who did QPR lose yeah. to it yesterday? Luton. Luton. He did referee that game and with some questionable decisions to be honest. Nothing major. No. Never. Not my gal. <laughs> um, where are we? So one, two, three, four. So four wins out of the last five. Yeah, I think we are Gav. Um, so we'll see how that goes. In terms of players, um, <laughs> my count is 16 fit first team members, um, which sounds okay, but you've got uh, three, four, uh, four of those are centre backs. If you count Pelty as a centre back, that's five as centre backs. Now, one of them is Wes, who's versatile. Um, so more than a quarter of the players that are available are centre backs. Which is great. Uh, one fit striker, just about enough to fill the fill the middle of the pitch, Mick. Um, it's going to be really, really tough. Really, really tough. Millwall are a solid team. Even if we had a full squad, this would have been a tough game, wouldn't it? Let's be let's be right. Millwall are a solid enough championship team that can cause anybody problems. Uh, yeah, they are. They are. Uh, there's, there's no doubt about it, and uh, they, they've got it right, haven't they? They stay in this division year after year, um, and and don't pull any trees up. They just get on, go about the business, and uh, 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 you know quietly, and, and and manage to manage to stay in it comfortably um, with very little class. To be fair, uh, and I, I don't mean that as a criticism. You know, it's just that they don't. They're just a, a solid side, um, easily achievable. You know, I don't think they've got any more talented players than we've got at all. Uh, any of the any of the times we've been in this division, I don't think Millwall have had any more talented players than we have. Perhaps with the odd exception, um, but yeah, it's going to be a toughie. It's going to be a toughie. We'll have, like I said, put Woody up front because um, they've got that six foot twenty central oh, yeah. defender. They were giants, weren't they? Our place. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Um, so you know, you, you know that that means we're not going to play to play play it in air, but that's exactly what we did when they came to our place, isn't it? Yeah, so, you know, With Washington up front on his own. Yeah, yeah. Bit long to yeah. Wash. Um, yeah. Paul Armin says, "Do we think Matt Taylor will be given January if a heavy defeat against Millwall?" Now, I know for a fact that none of us want Matt Taylor to be sacked probably before the end mm-hmm. of the season. Um, the question is, Danny. If we got into February, and let's say, I'll give you an extreme example. If we have not won a, won a game since then, knocked out the FA Cup without any wins during that during that period. Um, sorry, let's say we get to mid-February. Uh, after, so we play, we play Reading on the 14th of February. If we've then not beaten any Millwall, Blackburn, Watford, Sunderland, Sheffield United, Blackpool or Reading, losing most of them, could you see the trigger being pulled? Not would you want it to be pulled, could you see it being pulled? Um, no, because it doesn't make financial sense, in my opinion. Anyway, I think uh, a lot a lot of fans have the uh, the sense to look at Taylor and just go, he needs two windows to at least assemble 
some sort of squad that he wants to that can uh, apply his style. You need to give a manager at least two windows. I mean, mm. I know we were absolutely horrific in the 16-17 season, but we'd still given Alan. No, we hadn't given Alan Stubbs his two windows, had we? Because no, the football. Yeah, he had the summer window and it was just atrocious. I mean, Taylor hasn't had one window yet. Yeah. So I, I don't think he's going to go this season. I, th- I still think Taylor will be the manager um, in in twenty twenty three, the summer of twenty three. And I'm willing to put money on that. I will. I will put on record right now. I'm going to put fifteen quid on Matt Taylor still being the manager in the summer of twenty three, regardless of how uh, poorly we play and how his January goes. Fair enough. I'm not saying who, I'm not saying who I'm making the bet with. I'm just saying uh-huh. there's fifteen quid on the line. <laughs> uh, all I say, all I say, heart back. Historically, Tony Stewart is not actually that patient to the chairman. You look yeah. at Neil Redfern. Mm. You look at Alan Stubbs. Obviously, we had we had great times with Steve Evans and and, and the the other manager that we sacked, sacked last time. Avoiding his name badly there, um, but he isn't actually as as patient and. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It worked when you sacked Redford because because you got Warnock in and we stayed up. So again, I'm not. That's not a dig, but I'm just saying I don't think he's as patient. If we get to end of February and we're deep in the relegation zone, I could see him pulling the trigger. I assume. What, what do you think? Yeah, I suppose he could. He could. I don't think it's be. The right, it probably wouldn't be the right decision because I think I think it, it, eventually Matt Taylor will become a very very good manager but I think he's got a lot to learn still and and I'm sure he he knows that as well himself you know that's not that's not something that's going to come as a surprise to anybody is it you know um he's he's he's, he's reasonably new into the game he's a young he's a young fellow with 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 newer new modern ideas um so I, I, whether I don't know I don't know what Tony Stewart will do um it, it's going to cost us to go back down if we go back down. And look, I mean, we're talking about this after three games, aren't we? I, admittedly, three dreadful performances, but um, you know, it's not forced to continue for the rest of the season. And if it does, then we'll go down with the points that we've got now. Um, you know, we'll not we'll not pick up very many between now and the end of the season if it doesn't change. Mm. Uh, but I'm sure that. Um, a, a manager of the, or a, a person, a man of the calibre that Matt Taylor is, and his and his staff with the experience that they've got, that they will adapt, um, and they will alter things, and things will turn round. Whether they'll turn round enough, I don't know. Whether they'll turn round enough for Tony Stewart or not, anybody's guessing it. You know, no, nobody really knows. Nobody can get into the mind of uh, of the chairman. He's you know he's, he's his own man. Mm. Um, and he doesn't suffer fools, does he? No. You know what? Um, so, again, I'm not saying this. I want. The, I do obviously don't want that, but I'm just pointing out it could. Scott Price says Tony Stewart will not back Matt Taylor, but he won't sack him because it will cost a few million to pay up his contract. Neil Redford was signed on a two and a half year contract. Steve Evans yeah. was not at the end of his contract. He's not scared to pull the trigger of people in long contracts. Yeah. That, that's all I'm sort of saying. If he does get sacked, I'll be claiming it's the call of the season. Um, but I'm not predicting it at this stage. No, I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think we're even close to. to no. uh, he's been here for three months and he hasn't had a transfer window. Everyone needs to calm down. But if again, <laughs> worst case now, if, he, if, he, if he's won three games in three months, that's not good enough, is it? That's that's it the performances, man. Worst case scenario. I'm. I'm. I'm not. I feel like I'm trying to stir things. I'm not. I'm just saying worst case scenario. What what next? You know what I mean. It, um, it, 
depends on the level of performance. It's not it necessarily that like results in this in this division. You know, we all know, we've, we're experienced enough with the championship to know that that some results that you get, a lot of results you get sometimes, you, you just don't deserve them, mm. uh, particularly the defeats. Um, so, so it's not about the results, it's about the performances. If the performances are up there, the level in the, the standard in this division this year will be will be fine. You've got I so many bad teams down there and all. I think if picture the scene, all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. We put a football heads on and we are still playing absolutely horrifically. Like, I mean, like um, West, West Brom, Huddersfield level performances, even after a transfer window, then certainly the the, uh, the thought will pro- will go into Stuart's head of, Shall we bring somebody else in? I, I think that I think that's actually the human reaction as someone who is running the Rotherham United business, not the football club. The notes change. So yeah, hypothetically, if we're still putting in West Brom Huddersfield level of performances where we've legit got no bite going forward, even after a transfer window, that's when you know the, the brain brings in. Even even if that's the case, I still think it'll give him until the summer. I really do. Because football's a funny old game, but yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from, Matt. Definitely, but um, we're not. I don't think we're at panic stations just yet. That panic yeah. station is going to come in February. If, yeah, well, if we are still pole day in February, that's when the panic button starts getting pushed. I wonder if Tony's got a big red button under his desk and he just presses it, and that's his panic button. <laughs> yeah. He just assembles a board of directors. <laughs> like the um, Chris Pace is who we're going to beat next. It's a tough one. I've just read you the fixtures off, so include Ipswich in there. That's actually not a very... That's a pretty unkind run of fixtures. Blackburn, they're actually not in form at the minute, but they're still a good team. Watford are a great team. Sunderland are in incredible form. Sheffield United are going to get promoted. Um, Blackpool on the 11th of February could be an absolute blockbuster, couldn't it? Um, potentially. That's looking way, 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 way down the line. Let's, so let's, let's do some predictions from Millwall. To be honest with you, there's no point predicting... Um, lineups. I, I said there's, you know, quarter of the quarter of the players that are available on Sunday are defenders. I'd keep us in into that. Half of the players that are available are either goalkeepers or defenders. So there's no point predicting because we we know who's going to play. To be honest with you, um, predictions for the score, Mick. What would you like to say? Um, I think we'll lose two 0 Oh, so negative, Danny. Yeah, sorry. Um. I'm going to have to agree with Mick. I don't think we're going to win. I might. I'm going to say, 
You know what? First game, first game at New Year. I'm going to try and be positive, mainly because I think I'm going to be drunk. Um, I'm going to say we're going to draw one-one again. That is really positive. Much more positive. Than I thought you were going. I'm going to go three-nil defeat. <laughs> you can't see it. That's how down I am. I just it feels set. I, I sat down watching game last night. I, was, I didn't go, but I sat down watch game. And I just felt that we were going to lose within the first. I know we did, they were rubbish in the first ten minutes. Just penetration. So with the millions of things we've already mentioned, I don't see. I don't think we're going to score. To be honest with you, um, which is frighteningly disappointing. Uh, we've got a couple of comments. Harvey Kelwick says nil nil. I would take that. Uh, Power UK was going to say two nil loss, but he's Gavin Moore is going to go four nil loss. <laughs> Chris, Chris Tether says as many as they want and us nil. Um, Sean Green says a one nil loss as well. Yeah, let's finish on, on a let's finish on positives. It's the end of the year. This is it. This the, the 2022 is at an end moment of the year. I, I well. Argue with Danny. I assume you're going to say Georgia. Um, like, would you like to change it up and go something a little bit different? Uh, you've put doubt in my mind now because there's been so many iconic moments just this year, aren't there? So I'm going, to, I'm yeah. going, to, I'm going to cop out here, lads. I'm going to list them off, and I want the comments to pick from this list for me. Right. As long as things stop swiping, as I don't flow, I'm making this strange tweaking list, right? So, first one is battering Doncaster 5 0. Mm. Um, yeah, the se- second one, um, going uh, New Plough Lane for the first time as fans. Uh, that, that, that were nice. Me and Will Daniels in the executive box doing oh, that yeah. podcast, that were, that were nice. Um, beating Chef Wednesday 2 0 at Hillsborough, uh, and the ensuing scenes afterwards. Uh, Wembley uh, winning the first trophy of the modern era, shall we say? Um, Gillingham, um, and then Sheffield United giving you six there. Mm. Yeah. I know which one mine is. S6 or Miller says it's her dad falling down three rows at Gillingham, and me not knowing where he was has got to be a favourite. That's my new I mean, That's I mean, my new favourite. And you just bug it off to the back at stand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's actually that was part of my memory, to be fair, because at Gillingham, when we scored the second goal, I went through three rows of seats and the seats just parted in front of me because they're ancient at Gillingham, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, for me, I've got I've got I've got two Two moments of this year were probably two of the potentially two of the best moments of my football watching life and watching on the United. Um, the first one was obviously two twos goal at Wembley. Was just, I mean, it was just so special. It, I, I don't know why. I mean, it just is it, the timing and everything else just amazing. Uh, and then obviously George's goal at, at Gillingham probably capped off one of the best away days that I've ever had. Um, so, so so those two moments, for me, are, are worth worth all the pain of the last few weeks, mm. to be honest with you. Um, and then, to be fair, it's the pain we're suffering now and these last few weeks that make moments like that even sweeter, even greater, even more memorable, isn't it? 
I think I said at the time on the podcast, I probably said this, and if I didn't, I should have said it. You've got to remember those moments. You know, when you're in them, remember them because there will there will come a time in the championship, which is now, where things are going terribly right, ter- terribly bad. We're on a terrible run of form. But we've got to remember those epic moments that got us here. Um, and it's not all bad. <laughs> there's, still yeah, yeah. Of, there's still a couple of great moments to come this season. Whether we stay up or not is another matter. Mm. Um, especially uh, Donna and Splash from says Gillingham and Sheffield United closed second. She didn't think it was Wembley, even though it was the uh, youngest first trip to Wembley. It only came alive in extra time. Uh, mm. Essex for Millamore on her dad falling down the seats. The best thing was a the best thing about it was he'd taken out the young kids in front of him. God. <laughs> Under the wrecking ball. Brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's different. I can't. I can't really separate the Aussie two two and George's goal for two separate reasons. They're just. I, I don't think I've celebrated a goal like the Aussie two two one. The Georgie yeah. moment was special because of everything, but that moment, that ball at the back of the net, Wembley. I don't think I've ever gone as mad at a football game. I just couldn't contain myself. Yeah. Um, it was just something else, you know. You, you watch it on telly sometimes in cup finals, and you're praying for the for one of the teams to get a last minute goal. So there's scenes in the stand and there's chaos, and we were involved in that moment. We so we were there in that cup final. Um, but George's goal is we talked about the time. It's an Alan Lee moment. It's an Alex Ravel moment. It's a Freckleton moment. Yeah. These come along so little in in football clubs. There'll be football clubs in you know football fans or the clubs. They've never seen moments like that in their club's history. And we've had just reeled off four in fairly recent times. Um, and well, well, this year, so yeah. It's, it's just been an absolutely mad 2022 to be a Rotherham fan, isn't it? Crazy. It's been absolutely mental. Like, it's more, more, happened, like it has, but... it, it, every, more things have happened in this year than has happened in some clubs' entire history. Exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> not not to shoot daggers at a certain franchise team. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, 2022 has just been tw- quintessentially rough me out because we've just been hit with so much stuff over and over again. But like, like you've just said, Matt, Georgie's goal was a quintessentially f- football story goal. Mm. You know, he comes in January, gets injured, building some into team, makes his debut on the final day and then gets the promotion ceiling goal. That's a quintessential footballing story. But with Wembley, just to be in that situation that clubs pray for, you know, you're 2-1 down to the team that's, you know, the underdog and you still somehow rescue it. And every angle I've watched of that Wembley goal, whether it's on telly, on my vlog, on Tani's vlogs, on just people's phones that just so happened to be recording and caught it. Every time there's a split second pause where roughly, yeah, where we just can't quite fathom what's just happened. And the best thing is we scored twice in the 96th minute, one to draw it and one to effectively just start running away with it. And then I still maintain this fact, only two teams have won 4-2 at Wembley in a cup final after extra time. <laughs> England and Rotherham. There you go. We are. We should, well, we'll, now we're going to refer to ourselves as world champions, Rotherham United. Tonight, <laughs> yeah. Um, champions of the world. Uh, Rusty says it was Wembley for her getting to extra time by the skin of our teeth and then smashing it. Uh, mm-hmm. And Donald says, especially if you listen to the podcast with, um, with the previous manager and here there was 50-50 with Kelly getting selected. Still behind, it's beautiful. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's us signing off twenty two. Thank you all for being involved. With, thank you for everybody who has been involved with the podcast, whether it's in the comments, whether you've said hello to us at the stadium. We've met some great people. One of the great things of the podcast is meeting random people. Um, I only knew Mick before we started this podcast. I did. I genuinely didn't have any of the Rotherham United fans, Fred friends. They all all pigs, and we've met some great people doing this podcast um, for one reason or another. So thank you all. Keep saying hello to us because we we we, ha- we like saying hello. Um, Danny's going to finish off with the Wrexham story. He's promised us. <laughs> yeah. So if uh, Ryan Reynolds ends up buying Rotherham United, you've got me to thank for this. Um, hey, you think I'm kidding? Make it right. So. Um, my, uh, my dad was uh, down at this, um, you know, the bonkers bingo thing that they do. Well, he was hosting the one that was in Wrexham, and the guy who owns the turf pub that's next to the racecourse ground was in the bonkers bingo thing, completely smashed out of his head. And he was talk- <laughs> and he got talking to me, Dan. He says, "Oh, you need to come and sing in my pub and this, that, and other. I can sort you out Wrexham tickets and this, that, and other." And then he says to him, "Oh, I've got Ryan Reynolds in my phone. Do you want to speak to him?" <laughs> <laughs> and so he rings him, it goes to voicemail, and um, I said, and I text my dad, he says he was getting his phone out and ringing him, I said, make sure you tell Ryan Reynolds to buy Rotherham United and start his own little football club franchise like Man City have got. So yeah, so Ryan Reynolds has got a message on his phone of some drunk guy going, I think you should buy Rotherham United and Motherwell and start a, start a UK franchise for a football team. <laughs> we can call Very it the Tim Pot franchise. Um <laughs> So yeah, yeah, so if Ryan Reynolds comes in as the next invest, hey, that might have been the investment in the summer from the American consortium. Even though no, they'd already bought Wrexham. Oh, shame. It could have been one of his mates, you know, Brad Pitt or yeah, <laughs> Will Ferrell, yeah, Hugh Jackman, something like that. There'd be something. Yeah, have I fallen asleep and started dreaming? <laughs> football is <laughs> cool at the minute, isn't it? It's been made cool by other things. So anyway, anyway. Thank you, everybody, for being with us for the uh, well, I've already mentioned. We will be back on Monday, Bank Holiday Monday. Uh, we'll allow Danny time to get back from Millwall, hopefully safe and sound. Um, hope, hope we all have a, have a lovely new year. Get drunk if you want to get drunk. Go to bed early if you want to go to bed early. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, let's hope 2023 is as epic as 2022 has been. Uh, thank you for being with us. Thank you, Mick. Thank you, Danny. Happy New Year. See you next time. Happy New Year to everybody. Happy New Year, everybody. Rebel. Vicious. But brilliant. You're with it. What's got around the back? And Richie Wood has done it again. The magic man has come up with another trick. Well, there's a chance to seal it. It's done. It's Georgie Kelly. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. 
Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.